because someone has to say it, and no one does it better than Inez Says. Welcome back to the Inez Says Podcast. I am Scott Inez. Appreciate you being here. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find it right there in the WDBO app. You can also check me out on the radio every single weekday morning with Orlando's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580 in Orlando. Stream us in the WDBO app. All right, let's get our weekly chat with Brian Kilmeade, who you can hear every weekday morning after me, 9 to 12 on WDBO in Orlando. On the docket for today, a jury finding a Russian national not guilty on four counts of making false statements to the FBI about the infamous Steele dossier. Is special counsel John Durham a failure? President Biden using the Strategic Petroleum Reserves as his personal slush fund once again. And the poll that came out earlier this week from the New York Times saying that independent women now have swung by some 32 points over the last month, saying now that the economy is by far and away the number one issue as we head toward the midterms in under three weeks. Here's that conversation now that the economy is the number one issue in America right now by far. That number was surprising to say the least, considering there was like, what, a 32-point swing since the month before. What, what does that tell you, Brian, about the midterms coming up here in a little less than three weeks? It's not stereotypical to say most women do the shopping. Mm. And I think that when you come out and you feel it on a daily basis, especially if you're in a, two, uh, a home where both parents work, you say to yourself, yeah, I just went shopping, I'm working, I'm making a little bit less, and, and I'm paying a lot more. In fact, people would tell me yesterday, there's no way it's 9%. And if you break down, if you go to a supermarket, it's really much higher. Sure. Uh, and, you know, if you look at eggs, if you look at butter, if you look at milk, uh, that stuff is, is higher than 9%. So people feel on a daily basis. And then when the president uses his free time to talk about abortion, uh, which is, I'm not saying it's not, a, it's not a valid issue, but if your goal is to, uh, if we could just get everybody to, to destroy a fetus, and if that's your message, good luck with that, as opposed to 9%, uh, 9%, uh, 9% inflation, the economy being number one, a broken border, and crime running rampant. I have yet to talk to an affiliate who hasn't told me that uh, crime is not an issue in their town, big and small. And you mentioned abortion. I think Democrats were hoping that that decision by the Supreme Court to send Roe back to the states, that it would have legs here, Brian, and it certainly did maybe through September, but here we are in October, and inflation where it's at, you talked about it, grocery prices. I got to look at my grocery bill the other day. I was absolutely flabbergasted, but the grocery prices, the gas prices, heating oil prices up there where you live in New York and in the Northeast especially, it certainly looks like it's the economy stupid right now, and like you said, crime is a very close second place here. Well, look what's happening in energy. He, he's, he's doing something totally responsible. Uh, in case of a war, uh, a tsunami, uh, a Katrina-like natural disaster, you tap into the strategic oil reserves. He's been doing it to lower prices. While the oil and gas industry has been told uh, you can't drill, offshore is going to be almost impossible, uh, in new uh, leases is not going to be now. He says you can do it. But if you talk to people in the business, it makes it almost impossible with the bureaucracy. So let's not punch holes in our ground, in our ocean, offshore of our country. But 
uh, let's just tap into what we've already drilled and, and stored. And now we're down 1951 lows, two days after the press secretary, who could not be more over our head or out of the loop, <laughs> said that it's impossible. We're not going to, we have no plans to tap into it. He's doing it again yeah. for one reason, to yeah. lower prices for right. his political fortunes. Tell me that's leadership. Well, there, there's no way, I, like, I don't get it. Like, here we are, we're roughly three weeks, nearly three weeks away from the midterms. If the president thinks that releasing all those barrels of oil from the strategic oil reserves is going to shrink prices before the midterms, he's got another thing coming. It's going to take a while, Brian. I mean, uh, when I, I fear after the election, yeah. when uh, the price is going to go rocketing up, and he's got nothing to lose for the next two years, and he tells everyone he's not going to run. So he's going to take it on the chin for his party because he believes that we have uh, electric cars ready to go. It's just a matter of getting people to buy them. That's not the case. You make a better electric car. You make it more practical. You can make us save money on, uh, on energy, and everyone out there wants to be as responsible as possible, from don't littering to being responsible with your uh, sanitation to maybe driving the cleanest vehicle you can. But it's not competitive. It's not practical. The cars aren't there. You talk to Ford. You talk to Chrysler. They don't have the, they don't have the raw material to make the batteries, and they don't have the terminals to plug in the cars. And they don't have the battery technology to make sure these batteries don't wear out, let alone have them be replaced. And please tell me where it's in our national security interest to depend on China for cobalt and lithium. But we have to. I'm not a strategic oil reserve expert. I don't know if you are or not. But to me, the strategic oil reserves are for national emergencies. At least that's, that's what I've been told throughout my life. And yet you have a president using this the strategic oil reserves as, a, you know, an election ploy to get votes. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, so what he's doing is he's tapping 15 million barrels more of the 180 barrels from the oil reserve that has been authorized uh, for sale back in March. Now, they're not going to us. We don't do that. It goes into a world market. And people bid on it. So it could be going to China. But <laughs> if you put a lot of oil on the market, that's supposed to bring the price down. Mm. Is this a lot of oil? Maybe to get it down a few cents or get the arrow pointing in the right direction for him. So we're down 185 million barrels of a reserve that has 593 million barrels. And it's not done for any emergency. It's done for political fortunes while you vilify the, the companies that produce it and make it impossible for them to increase it. The people that are hurt the most in New Mexico, you know, until I went down there and I did a feature on oil and gas, mm -hmm. uh, the history of it, uh, it turns out most, tex most Texas companies own leases in New, in New Mexico, and most of New Mexico's land is federal land. He stopped drilling on federal land, so he brought New Mexico to its knees. Mm. Please tell me, if you're in New Mexico, why you would ever vote for a Democrat? Yeah, yeah, although New Mexico has certainly leaned Democrat in, in recent years. So you're telling me that the CCP is ecstatic? that we are releasing more oil from our reserves? Is, is that what it comes down to, basically? Yeah, I mean, they're buying most of it. And they get the discount, too, with, uh, with Russia, because they're the only ones they're breaking the sanctions to deal with Russia. So they're loving it. And it's, you know, it's like this. It's like just picture uh, everybody in a house putting all their valuables in the middle of the house, and they say, all of us share this oil. <laughs> And they go into the middle and they grab what they want. And the highest bidder in a lot of cases gets the oil. Wow. But overall, they say that the price will go down because it goes into a global market. As Jamie Dimon said, 
We are the swing producer on oil. And in March of last year, of this year, as soon as we realized this war is for real, we should have immediately started drilling and producing more. And therefore, we would have had a better September. And you know what? Democrats would have had a better election. Sure. Sure. Well, it's as plain as the nose on your face. Drill here and drill now. And yet the president just will not make nice with American oil companies. Real quick, I wanted to ask you about this jury finding Igor Danchenko, this Russian national, not guilty on all four counts, making false statements to the FBI. It was the primary subsource of that uh, Trump anti-Trump dossier, the Steele dossier. You have half the country right now going, OK, does anybody does anybody ever get held accountable up there in Washington, especially what we went through for four years during the Trump presidency. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have a headline. Uh, we don't have a headline, but we have substance. And what you learn from Michael Sussman is he walked over to the FBI and said, guys, we're friends for a while. I'm just concerned about the country. I got this thing about Donald Trump, who's running for president, and I just think you guys should look at it. I'm just a citizen. Well, it turns out he had a pass to the FBI. He wasn't doing this as an innocent citizen. He was working for Hillary Clinton, and this was opposition research, without any, which is fact-free. He got exonerated in a D.C. jury yesterday. Dushenko, who was the one, the Russian in charge of getting information for Christopher Steele, mm. who put the Steele dossier out there that allowed the FBI to go and surveil all these Trump officials and, maybe, and according to Donald Trump, Donald Trump himself. Well, the document they used was total fiction. And Dushenko, who provided it, couldn't believe it was in a dossier. He goes, I told you that was hearsay. And they go to Dushenko, who did you get it from? He's like, Charles Dolan. Who's Charles Dolan? A Clinton operative dating back to Bill Clinton in the 1990s, who was picking up things on the Russian news reports yeah. and putting it in a dossier that was used as uh, intelligence to, ta- and by the way, dupe John McCain, uh, used as intelligence to take down Trump. This guy was convicted, was uh, charged four times of lying to the FBI. The FBI went to bat and go, he didn't lie to us. He was working with us. They're like, what do you mean? He, he said he lied to you. He said this stuff was about, oh, no, he, he was working with us. Yeah. Well, in fact, he was on the payroll. He was on the payroll. <laughs> so they went up to Christopher Steele in the middle of this, and they said, hey, Christopher Steele, a million dollars if you could just prove your dossier is true because we need to use it. And Steele goes, yeah, I can't. I can't get into Russia. They'll arrest me. And Dushenko says his sources can't verify it. So we'll use it anyway. Yeah. So when I ask everyone at home, everything I told you is real. Yeah. The conviction, the non-conviction is also real. But the substance of what came out is backing up what's going to be in the ultimate Durham report. Now, I've not talked to Jonathan Turley and all my legal experts yesterday when this came down. Mm-hmm. I actually had a radio event here because NAB is in New York. And we had an event here, a radio event here in the building. So I was kind of pulled away from the coverage. But this is what what I'm just saying without any legal background. But I'm saying this helped me tell the story and also backs up this, this whole operation to take down Trump as a candidate and as a president, that we all should be outraged by, all of us. All of us. You're, you're absolutely right. What, what about John Durham? I, I mean, I'm, i got to tell you, from um, 30,000 feet, I'm not impressed. But what, is this it for Durham? Is, is he done? What do you think of the job that no, he did as a special report, counsel? And, uh, he's writing a report that's going to come out. And I'm going to look to get William Barr on our show. He mm-hmm. hired him. And, uh, you know, maybe he didn't put the best case forward. 
But what he was put, when he was presented in that case in that courtroom was not challenged with happened with the jury. You can't con, you can't control a jury. Was his case strong enough? I don't know. But the FBI working against him when the charges were that he lied to the FBI doesn't help because mm. the FBI fundamentally didn't mind when people working with them or for them or was supporting a narrative that they supported uh, lied to them. It's okay. Yeah. I guess it's okay. Yeah. You and I lie to the FBI, goodbye, you know, <laughs> Manafort, yeah. all these other people, yeah. uh, you know, um, Papadopoulos, jail, yeah. uh, uh, Bannon, jail, yeah. uh, Manafort, jail. Uh, well, he was helping us, and, you know, it's not, it's not his fault that the dossier wasn't true. Yeah, it was. You were the source. Well, whatever. Much appreciation to Brian Kilmeade for coming aboard the Inez Says Podcast today. That will do it for the podcast. Check me out on the radio every single weekday morning. Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO. I'll see you next time.